Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back at it again. We're moving through the fall. I'm wearing a sweatshirt today. It's great. Hopefully your work from home 2020 is going well or whatever you're doing to make this year go by. My foot fell asleep earlier today. Probably the most exciting thing that's happened to me since last week's last week's episode. <laughs> but welcome in everybody. Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I'm Jonas Nordman. Happy to continue on on this crazy, crazy ship we call 2020 and then we call life looking forward to today's episode we will of course continue our big 12 series our big 12 preview series a really interesting one that i got really involved with i I woke up today and said the team that i'm going to be previewing today spoiler alert it's tcu you know wasn't really doing much for me as i woke up and looking forward to it and then as i sort of delved into tcu what they're going to be looking like for 2020 Okay, this is intriguing. Can't wait to share with the people what's perhaps going on down there in Fort Worth. But first, we will start the show off with a timeless Kansas basketball tradition that truly screams to the fan base, the season is here. I'll get to that in just a moment. Let's get to the business end of the program. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our team, our teams. Do you believe? All right, here's what I believe. Uh, First and foremost, saw an article retweeted by Matt Tate, the great reporter. Darren Lawrence, I wish I had taken a better look because I went back to his Twitter feed on my laptop and I could not find the article again. Basically, a little bit of news about the schedule and how it's still potentially unfolding for Kansas athletics, or not for Kansas athletics as a whole, for Kansas basketball, which is what we care about right now. And still nothing official, but all the rumors seem to be pointing towards December 1st for the Champions Classic game against Kentucky. Could be really fun there. And then, this is something I just learned today in this article, and it is the fact that Georgetown has backed out of Wooden Legacy Classic. Kansas will still be taking part in the Wooden Legacy. It will still be UCLA. It will still be Virginia. And it will still be Kansas. And reportedly, the team that will replace Georgetown will be none other than the Pirates. Yes, out of New Jersey, Seton Hall. So, another strong contender. And Georgetown, you know what? Seton Hall's better than Georgetown. So that just made the Wooden Legacy even tougher, if that is reportedly the case. Well, that's what's being reported. But if that is what happens, if Seton Hall joins in. So, potentially, as the article stated, there's a chance KU plays two top 10 teams in the matter of like a week, that being Virginia and then Kentucky on December 1st. Really loading up on that non-conference schedule. Love it. It's going to be, it's going to be a crazy non-conference schedule for Kansas. Uh, they're going to go down to this bubble probably in all likelihood. They're going to play some top-ranked teams. Uh, they may add on a few games here and there. They, of course, are going to have some Big 12 games now 
as I reported, or as I mentioned in last week's episode, as John Rothstein reported, going to take on West Virginia, Texas Tech. So before the, the new year even turns, KU is going to be up to its eyes in tough games. I love it. Makes the team better. Iron sharpens iron. So keep an eye out in the coming weeks for schedule news. We just want to know who they're going to play, right? We want to know when they're going to, first going to play. But nothing screams the season is almost here for Kansas basketball. Quite like Bill Self's boot camp. And more specifically, the after boot camp photo. Yes. The ogling of young men. What am I talking about? If you're not familiar, every single year, there's a period of time where Bill Self and his coaching staff is allowed to work with the team. It's essentially a straight week of conditioning. The tales are legendary. The players supposedly throw up a lot. They get in great shape. They did this with Andrea Hootie when she was still the trainer. They do it with, what's his name, Dr. Ramsey Nijem, the, the new trainer who came in last year, got the guys super jacked. And every year... There is always the photo after Bill Self's boot camp where the guys are standing there. They are sweaty. They are, this year they're masked up, <laughs> but they're usually flexing for the camera and they're showing off what a week's worth of working out and getting after it will do. So it's become a rite of passage, especially in the social media age, where Kansas fans, men and women of all orientations, click on that picture and say, Who's looking cut? And this year, there is a clear winner. I know Mitch Lightfoot in years past is, you know, I think it was last year, standing on the side of the picture, straight flexing his guns. That was that was a famous moment. But this year, the clear winner is Ochai Baji. Whoo! Young man hit the weight room during quarantine. That's for sure. Didn't know he had chest tattoos, by the way. Uh, Go to KU Hoops Twitter if you want anything Bill Self Boot Camp search related. Uh, their Instagram, I think, had it also, but at KU Hoops on Twitter. Someone walked into this room right now, saw me talking on a microphone, staring at this picture. They'd say, what the heck is going on? <laughs> but young Oach, hopefully that jumper is fixed because there's no way anyone's going to stop him from getting into the lane and getting to the rack. Shout out also to Silvio DeSosa. Looking good. And this is a pleasant surprise. I believe it's Tristan Anaruna. Yeah, he's got a 13 on his shorts. Again, with the masks, it's tough. Can't really tell. But last year, or last season, Tristan Anaruna kind of looked like a string bean running around out there. You may remember in my review, my player review for KU, like right after the season ended, I said for Tristan Anaruna, it was one of the first ones. If he could put on more weight, get more consistent, this could be a really special player. The arms don't look so noodly anymore. Big season incoming for Inaruna, the Flying Dutchman? Maybe. Marcus Garrett still looks calm and composed. No big deal. I don't know. Check it out if you want. Maybe find yourself a safe space before doing it. That is a... I'll, I'll cut it out now before it starts getting too weird. That's uh, the annual slobbering over Bill Self's boot camp 
aftermath photo done and dusted for 2020 clear winner oche baji all right let's move into our next round of big 12 previews and like i said i'm actually i turned out very interested in this one the team tcu the record from last year 16 and 16 7 and 11 in conference play very convenient that's 7 11 Oh, by the way, reset. You're listening to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I am Jonas Nordman. Let me know your thirst trap thoughts on on the photo, if you will. Let me know, again, if there's any non-conference teams you want KU to throw in there for this upcoming year. Anything goes for 2021. At Jonas N, 310 on the gram. TCU, very mediocre last year. Again, the overall record was dead 500, 16-16. TCU, by virtue of being tied for eighth, well, tied for seventh, I guess is the nicer way to put it, in the Big 12 last year, actually had the opportunity to play in the Big 12 tournament. The first round of games before the S really hit the fan last year. They played the night before. They lost to K-State, <laughs> and then the tournament was canceled from there on out the very next day. Not that they were still going to be a part of it, but they still had the opportunity at least to go to Kansas City, play a basketball game, love the Big 12 tournament, still can't get over everything that happened this past spring. Hmm. How about the averages from last year? 65.4 points per game. That was 362nd in the nation. Not great. 34.9 rebounds per game. 247th in the nation. 14.7 assists per game. Tied for 71st. Not bad. Top 100. But they did lose their leading assist man from last year, which we'll get to in just a moment. 65 points per game allowed. They actually allowed fewer than they scored. So... This was a very mediocre team. However, they did finish the season losing four of their last five games, but that one win was an upset over the Baylor Bears. So, perhaps building a little bit of steam into the offseason. Not really, because they still lost a lot of those games at the end of the year. Who is gone? It basically starts and ends I won't, I'll continue from here. Don't get me wrong. But it, it starts and ends with Desmond Bain. You may remember him. Really buff. Really talented. He was their leading scorer. He was their leading assist man. And he was first team all Big 12. For a guy on a team that was tied for seventh in the conference, he got first team all Big 12 over players such as Marcus Garrett. Stop there. <laughs> that's how good of a player he was is was last year made life miserable for Kansas scored 20 points in both of the games against KU last year so a team that already was at 500 and a losing record in conference play just lost their best player that's why coming in I was like TCU more like TC who they also lost Jair Greyer, 
guard, averaged seven and a half points per game, and Edric Dennis, another guard, 6.2 points per game. Both of them pale in comparison to the impact of Desmond Bain. Who is returning? This is where it sort of gets intriguing. Could be worse, in all honesty. RJ Nemhard, the junior guard who averaged 12.1 points per game. Okay, we're in double figures now. Kevin Samuel, junior center, thick. 10, 10 right on the dot, points per game, and led the team in field goal percentage. So they bring him back. Also, P.J. Fuller, sophomore guard. Francisco Farabello, sophomore guard. Relatively high-ranked recruit for them going into last year. Didn't play a lot. Jaden Lede, Lede, junior forward. And Deontay Smith, a sophomore forward. None of those four names that I just mentioned average more than 5.7 points per game. Although Fuller did score 21 in that game I just mentioned against Baylor. By the way, Jaden Lede, a former four-star recruit who transferred from Ohio State. So the pedigree is there, right? There's always, you always sort of have to counteract it with, well, there's a reason he left Ohio State. If he was all that in a Cracker Jack, he probably would still be at Ohio State. Who knows, though? Who is new? And it's, it's really interesting. These last three weeks now that we've been doing these previews, there's been a lot of turnover here at the bottom of the Big 12. And TCU is no different. Seven new players are coming in to Fort Worth. Two transfers, as is the way of the world these days. Kevin Easley, a forward who transferred from Chattanooga. And Chuck O'Bannon. Actually, someone I got a chance to see a decent amount transferred in at USC. I should sort of put an addendum on what I just said. I didn't see him play that much because Chuck has never really gotten his career going ever since leaving high school as a five-star recruit has injury issues just cannot get the tread going on the tires has obviously left USC he's gone to TCU the kids basically not played basketball for two three years so good size good talent but he's very rusty that's Chuck O'Bannon by the way if you recognize the last name and realized Chuck, short for Charles, yes, he is the son of former UCLA, legendary UCLA basketball player Charles O'Bannon. Brother Ed O'Bannon led UCLA to the 1995 national title. UCLA's only national title outside of the wooden years. But, you know, they're right up there in terms of a powerhouse. <laughs> All right. You have the two transfers little little bit of background on Easley. All Southern Conference, when he was there at Chattanooga, there with the Mocs, the Moccasins, named a freshman of the year. So good pedigree as well. 39% from three that season. Will he be a weapon for TCU after sitting out a year? Depends how he adjusts to the Big 12, right? But this is where it starts getting interesting for TCU and the Horned Frogs. I thought the cover was totally bare. It still might be, but you can sort of see the path that they're trying to take here. The guys they're trying to utilize and depending on taking that next step. 
in terms of recruiting, this is why I didn't feel so great about TCU. They were ranked towards the bottom of the Big 12 this year or coming into this year. They are ranked. In fact, I have the rankings right here for Big 12. They're for the bottom, so eighth. The recruit they're really depending on, the top-ranked recruit, his name is, oh, I lost my place on my notes. Where is he? There he is. Three-star recruit, Taryn Frank. Six-seven forward out of Sierra Canyon High School. Does that ring a bell? Remy Martin from Arizona State. Marvin Bagley, now in the NBA. Cassius Stanley from Duke last year. Of course, Bronny James is currently enrolled there. LeBron James' son. So, yeah, it's the Star Factory out there in Chatsworth, California. Uh, Not going to lie, even as a Southern California guy who tries to keep his pulse on the recruiting of the area, never heard of Taron Frank. In fact, I've seen, I mean, if he's just entering college now, I, I watched Sierra Canyon a few years ago when they had Scotty Pippen Jr., Kenyon Martin Jr., KJ Martin, as well as Cassius Stanley and never Taron Frank never really made an impact, but six, seven, 200 pounds. Looks like he's a guy that TCU is going to look to, to make an impact. If not this year down the road, here's the outlook though. And I'm going to circle this back around to Desmond Bain. This was a bad team or I'll at least say this was a mediocre team with Desmond Bain. And my whole thing is I just have a hard time seeing them actually improve when Desmond Bain is no longer there. Now, if you said to me, this will be an an instance of you lose the one figurehead score and maybe you get stronger by playing together as a group, not really knowing where all the points are going to come from every night. You know what? I might buy it. I just wouldn't predict TCU doing much this year. Is RJ Nemhard and Kevin Samuel that bad of a dynamic duo? I should, well, they're not a dynamic duo, but it's not a terrible combination to go into a season with. I'll put it that way. But all of the best case scenarios just feel like major reaches for TCU. Easily and O'Bannon will have to come in and make an impact. Taron Frank will have to have a solid freshman year. And then you're going to have guys like Lede and Fuller they're going to have to have huge strides as well. Fuller scored 21 against Baylor. He's going to maybe not necessarily 21 every night, right? But he is going to have to be an impact player for this TCU team if they want to get out of the cellar of the Big 12. I will say the cupboard is not as bare as I initially thought, but I just I can't get over the fact of them losing Bain and them getting better. I, I don't see it. Heading into this, I had TCU as the 10th place team in the Big 12. I'm going to stay that way, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made their way maybe to like 7th or 8th again. But someone's going to have to prove to me that they can pick up where Desmond Bain left off. All right. That's TCU. (laughs) We're starting to really get into the teeth now of the Big 12. Next week, Oklahoma State. And they brought in the player that some consider 
to be the number one recruit in the nation in Cade Cunningham. That's not going to be a preview you're going to want to miss. Oklahoma State, will they be good? Who do they have back? We're going to have to tune in. Hopefully you enjoyed this preview. Hopefully you're enjoying all these Big 12 previews, helping you be a little bit more knowledgeable about the conference as we head into the college basketball season. It's almost here. Was it six, seven weeks until college basketball is back in our lives? Regardless, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. If you have any flies on your head, swat them away before you get embarrassed on national TV. (laughs) It's our new national celebrity. The fly from the debates. Appreciate it. Everybody listening, as always. Take care, and as always, rock shot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.